Today, we answer the age-old question: How many Mathers can Marshall Mathers marshal if Marshall Mathers could Marshall Mathers? Who knows? It's Eminem Part Two this week on Nothing Good. Yo, and so we're back talking about Eminem. Yes, yes, we're getting back to it. Took a little bit of a break, uh, yeah. just kind of gather more thoughts, uh, and we're here to dive back into Marshall Mathers and his career and his music. And yeah, last week, whole lot of rambling about the early '90s. Yeah, that not happened. a lot of Eminem. No. How about we correct that and try our hardest to to get back to it. Promises will not be made, but we'll, we'll we'll try. We will try our hardest. Yes. I mean, I guess, so I guess in that vein, mm-hmm. let's pick right back up. Wait, how are you? I'm okay. Hungry. Ah, uh, same. Yeah, yeah. Same. Otherwise, I'm good. How about yourself? Doing well. Now let's pick back, back, back where we left off. Yes. So, yeah. So, uh, when is the first time that you ever heard of or heard Eminem? When's the first time you ever heard about Eminem? <laughs> Uh, first time I ever heard of Eminem is the first time I ever heard Eminem. Yeah. Uh, which was for, for, forgot about Dre. That's the first time. That is the absolute first time. Uh, okay. the video very specifically. Uh, that's an incredible song and video. Uh, oh, man, man, it, I, I know a lo- most of the words like by heart, you know, like it's a good jam. Dre's just good at what he does. Uh, regardless of what anybody says, he is excellent at what he does. He's uh, one of the titans of who the, of wait a minute. There are some people I've known in my life who are like, Dre's. Dre's trash. Nah, fuck you. He's you not. know what? He's not. Fuck you. I I would like you to specifically cut to this point in the podcast <laughs> and play this for a Hi, we've never met before, but fuck you. Okay. Even if you don't want to take away his, if you want to take away his contributions to the entire genre of hip hop, not only that, but his entire contributions to the music industry, take all that shit away. Motherfucker is one of the greatest beat makers in You're history. Lying, man. Like, dude, oh my god! Like some of that. Oh my god! Some of that shit. Get the fuck out of here! Going and how dare you come into my house, <laughs> kiss my wife on the mouth, <laughs> okay. and then try to tell me that Natural Born Killers mm. isn't the fucking most amazing, scariest shit you've ever heard? First uh, CD I ever burned, custom CD I ever burned back yeah. in the day. Back when, back when, when you that was did that thing. shit, yeah. that was like one of the I think. Third track I made sure I downloaded off of Napster and put mm-hmm. on the CD. Dude, oh my god. The intro to that where they're walking, first of all, what a great vibe. Like, yeah, obviously no one recorded that outside, but it's just like no. that's an atmosphere thing. Uh when that kicks in with that Dude, That's such uh, a different song. That's like darkness. Yeah. It's so yeah. good. And then on the flip side, California Love. That's one also of those an songs, excellent I don't song. care who you are. You fucking move when I California Love comes on. I love uh, it. Oh, so good. Uh, we could we could go. We could go. But goddamn, oh, just to bring it back for a second. Yeah, yeah. Fuck you. Yeah. But anyway. So, Shady. Yeah. So, uh, forgot about Dre. And I instantly went, who the fuck is that? Yeah. <laughs> who, who, as I'm pointing, who the fuck is that? <laughs> and I'm pretty sure uh, it was at home, my parents' house. <laughs> like, who the fuck I is that? See you point at a TV <laughs> when no one's around. The TV's, yeah. Who the fuck? 
fuck is that? And um, <laughs> it was just, I, and I'm about 99.999% sure of this shit. I'm, I know that I'd never seen a white guy rap like that. No. In my young life, ever. No. Ever. Matter of fact, that shit was pretty much unheard for me. That I can remember, like really remember, like with the exception of like the Beastie Boys, which I didn't listen to. Yep. I knew who they were, yeah, but that was well before my time really listening to the music consistently. 100%. Uh, you know, yeah, you know, Vanilla Ice, but I didn't listen to his shit. No offense, but I didn't. Uh, it just wasn't my jam. <laughs> no one's taking offense to that. I don't know, man. You never know. Fuck you. Uh, so that to- was that was directed right at Mr. Van Winkle. Okay, by the way. yeah, keep going. But for me to listen to this man spit the way he was, the speed he was. And not only that, rap it about some comically violent shit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Which is the theme, really, from most of Eminem's career for a, quite a while. It's comically violent. I think, yeah, you could draw a line. Yeah. Excuse me, at, at like the halfway point of his mainstream career, and everything before that is comically violent. And then you have Dre, who's far more serious. Oh, yeah. Uh, to, me, to me, it's very funny because it's almost like... Uh, uh, we've all seen those videos of 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 like you're, there's like a fight in the hood or something, and you have the one guy who stands completely statuesque while his hype guy is all around. I'm like, oh, he's gonna fuck you up. He's gonna get you. Dre's the guy standing Yo, still in the middle, 100. And Eminem's like bouncing around. Yeah, hey, like, going like in a, circles. Dre is Jabba the Hutt, and Eminem was that little Jesus. Muppet on his. <laughs> yeah, we'll go with on that. the tail. So what at about least you? at that point? Um, TRL ninety nine. The My Name Is Video. Uh, and I don't remember if it was like new music or whatever they used to do this premieres mm-hmm. on TRL. Uh, but I saw the video before I ever heard, uh, uh, before I listened to it independently. And I was, uh, first of all, that, that beat is kick-ass, right? Like that is incredible. Just mm-hmm. that, like for, for My Name Is. And that just, and it starts with a high and you're like watching the videos, which would be a hallmark of Eminem until... Um, until he got angrier about five seconds later. Right. But those first couple of videos were goofy and playfully violent, right? But yes. the first line is the hi kids, do you like violence? Do you yeah, want to yeah. see me put nine inch nails through each one of my eyelids? Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh I remember sitting there, I didn't point the way you did <laughs> point at the TV. Who's that? But I remember I was at my friend's house when that came on and I was like, What the actual fuck is that? And I don't remember it's something listening to the rest of that verse until the chorus came in, I was still like like just watching and playing that line on my head. I'm like, that is cool. And to see him and and I don't mean any disrespect to anyone who would say that my name is is their favorite Eminem song. But that is like the least technically skilled he's ever been in any of his records. And that was the one that I mean it's the second track on the Slim Shady LP and it's right. what started his career. But uh he still had such a uh, he had character and definition and that first time i ever saw him on that video that uh, vanilla ice was a product kind of hate that we keep bringing him up but he <laughs> was like a product third of the or time. Fourth time now he's he was in like he was in a jumpsuit basically knocking off mc, MC hammer right, right right with it with a fade and mc hammer was a knockoff of rick james right and it all goes back but here is something that you cannot say is not an entirely his original presentation right uh, at least as far as what I'm seeing on this video here in 1999. So that was my first 
But, and I don't think I think the second thing I ever heard of his and that, and here's the thing here in Pittsburgh I don't know how everyone else did it wherever you are in Peru or wherever else you're yeah. listening shout to out me. to Peru what is up Peru what's come on down you know we'll uh, we'll make you the meat in the middle of a sandwich if you know what I'm saying but that's not hit me up on Facebook but here in Pittsburgh where we live and where we record this podcast when my name is came out and became a thing on MTV. Mm-hmm. They actually played it on the alternative and rock station. They played it on this no station called the X. They played it on the they X. They played it on the X. Get the fuck and out. Primetime shit. They played it on the X. I did not that's know that. That's how. That's how big it was. That's, and that's some how, shit. That's how much it grabbed. They played that, and they played songs as not to get too ahead of ourselves, but from Marshall Mathers LP up until Eminem show was played on the goddamn X. That's how big he was. <laughs> I did not know um, that. To this day, they That's don't play hip hop, but he was the only one. I remember distinctly driving uh, in my dad's car, making him listen to, to, to that radio station. He didn't like listening to that station. Uh, not because of the hip hop, but because I just think he hated the. It was the era of the shock jock. And my father was not a shock jock guy, right? I can't see him being one. No, he's not. He's not. He likes comedy, but he doesn't like comedy for the sake of being crude, which is probably why he's never going to listen to this I was going to say, podcast. so he's never listening no, to this? No, <laughs> no. I love you, Dad. If you made it this far, Dad, awesome, fantastic. Go go play some video games. Because he loves you. That's why he that's, made it this far. That's the reason why. He's, it's, we're probably on in the background. Take I, your pills! <laughs> Jesus but, Christ. Uh, but I remember distinctly that there used to be this DJ... And I'm trying not to go too inside of baseball in Pittsburgh in the late '90s, early 2000s. Called Alan Cox on the. Ice. I w- listen. I was gonna bring. I literally was gonna bring up. Like, did we bring up this dude's name? Yeah. Uh, and but he was a shock jock. But but he he wasn't like a full on shock jock the way like Howard Stern or other people were trying to me. He actually had a little bit of it, his was more. He would invite people to call in, and then he would just tear them apart. Yeah, I didn't mind him too much. No, but someone ca- called in one time complaining about why they were playing rap on radio station and he lit up about like this is we are not a uh a rock and roll station we're an alternative station and it doesn't get any more alternative than this white guy uh rapping about what he's rapping and he people relate to him and he shut this guy down i'm like okay cool i get it now right like yeah i i I had no problem because then again too having only listened to whammo a little bit here and there but mostly my whammo experience was in the late 90s as the primary place that I could hear in Vogue or, hmm. uh, you know, uh, uh, Brian McKnight or any of that really. It just like it's consistently would, would, would be layered in enough to kind of break up the, the hits of the time. Um, but, yeah, it was My Name Is was my first experience with Eminem. Uh, and then the Marshall Mathers LP came out. And yeah. And then the real Slim Shady. So that album. uh I can. <clears throat> so look, how do we even get, how do I even get into this? So I spent a long time enjoying that album. Uh, I I think back on it now. I I there's like a couple of tracks maybe here and there. I might I might if it comes up on shuffle I don't skip. Mm-hmm. I just you know I looking back on it now I'm like how the fuck was I jamming to this much like just intensely violent music and not like there's something wrong with violent music necessarily especially like shady's like comically violent but like kim listen yeah when i was younger i would listen to that song often and i think back now and like if it come i why the fuck was i even listening to it like i was an angry 
punk kid, like every kid was angry in their own way. Of course. But I was enough <laughs> to just like slit someone's throat and throw them in the back of my trunk and drive them off a bridge. Yeah. Yeah. There was I, like a level like where you I for me, I can't speak on behalf of for you, but for me, you know, I I kinda like have distanced myself from a lot of that old music. Oh, for sure. Because sure. I just realize I don't like the idea of, it makes me uncomfortable in some ways. Oh no, for sure, and I think it's it's interesting. Uh, Not hating, no, because I hundred percent was down with it for a long time. I, I think you could look at the content of the Marshall Mathers LP, Stan, and all that other stuff, right? Good song, man. Uh, and Fuck. and recognize the the uh, first of all the, the groundbreaking and the technique that's mm. used in there, but recognizing that the time and place as to which that has relevance in your life, or really generally society, is gone, right? Mm-hmm. Like songs about cocaine and partying and using a big can of Aquanet hairspray to put your hair up, or songs about Jerry curls. Like I dearly adore the movie. I love the movie uh, Coming to America. Okay, like I love the movie Coming to America. I would watch that movie every day, all day, if I could. Right, <laughs> right. But, but there, but the Eric LaSalle in that movie, right? Uh, which is a whole thing. First of all, dear listener, if you don't know Eric LaSalle or the movie Coming to America, god damn it. I'm actually pretty impressed if you don't know Coming to America. Yeah, like that's somehow he such has figured an, out a way to have never watched such an amazing it. film. But uh, Eric LaSalle is an amazing character in that movie, and it's such a, a point of a time that does not exist anymore. No, no, thankfully, no, the the idea of McDowell's and and, mm-hmm. and him being a hair model, not a model, a hair, a hair model. model. In the 80s, and how that was, he was a local celebrity. Mm-hmm. Like, the, just the idea of a local celebrity <laughs> in the 80s and a hair model, like, that's gone. I love it, but I recognize now. Now, I still will uh, watch that movie and I will listen to every single thing that comes. And Eddie Murphy's Party All the Time is to me the best worst song I think I've ever heard in my entire life. And as a sidebar, here's the joke I used to make uh, when I would play that at shows. I would say, in 1995, Party All the Time. <laughs> was the low point in Eddie Murphy's career. God. Here today, party all the time is the middle point in Eddie Murphy's career. That's some shit. And that's, I tell you, tell you the, the Eddie Murphy layer cake. But, uh, <laughs> the Eddie Murphy layer cake. We Sorry. need a t-shirt about that, Eddie Murphy layer cake. That is amazing. Right, Eddie no Murphy has layers, essentially. Yeah, I, yes, he does. But, uh, so the whole idea of of where we are there brings me I had a little note about this. Okay. Is and to the first of all, if the listener here is old enough to listen to this, mm-hmm. but young enough to not remember this, I'm gonna go ahead and say you're lucky in a way. Uh there was a period in the late nineties where content got super edgy. Yes. Super edgy. And now I'm not talking about just musical content, which we'll get to in a second, but across the board, comedy got edgy. It was the rise of South Park. Yeah. Radio got edgy. That was the rise of the Shock Jocks and Howard Stern. Mm-hmm. Uh, TV, WWE, the oh, Attitude man. Era. Ain't lying. Uh, movies became increasingly not more violent because actually I think they got less violent by comparison to the shock movies of the 80s. Yeah. But they got better. Like The Matrix became more visceral and yes. Saving Private Ryan and Much all these more. movies, right? In music, it was the rise of new metal. <laughs> and this, and Eminem was the, the hip hop side to what I refer to as angry white boy music, which saw the rise of. Uh, of corn, Limp Bizkit, 
Eminem, not so specifically, but it, what you saw in a lot of these instances was a bunch of white guys in big white t-shirts uh, as an excuse to be really angry and that this music was their identity. Papa Roach, not shitty today, Papa Roach. Shitty then, Papa Roach. Man, that's a name from the past. Yeah, right? And uh, Power Man 5000. Power Man 5000. Right? Uh, And all of that other stuff there. And I think Eminem was made... First of all, it sold records, so that's why he did it, most likely. But he became, from a pawn or a part of this puzzle here, to the figurehead of this new rise in angry, edgy stuff, right? And what I call it angry white boy music, right? But uh, j- that's just because they it just it took the shift. But Eminem was the forefront with the idea that violence was in so many lyrics. Right. And it was not coy. It was not subtle at Nothing all. Nothing subtle about Nothing it. Nothing subtle. It was right out there. Uh, I think the fact that Lim- Limp Biscuit sold... So many records in their their peak was there's no one ever read a Limp Bizkit lyric and went mm, yes the subtext. <laughs> <laughs> I find it really hard to believe that anybody did. No, yes, not even Fred Durst. He's like, can I get a couple more fucks in here? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. <sighs> that Yo! was. <laughs> Uh, so uh, what you just witnessed uh, was uh, listen to my soul almost leaving my body. <laughs> <laughs> that was both the best worst Fred Durst impersonation. That actually matter. Okay. Fuck that. That's the first and only I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm so glad I'm as you first. And That's, to and the person in Peru, I'm so glad I'm your first too. And hopefully last. Hi. Anyway, because no one's impersonating that man. But I mean, yeah, the anger though. Could you have anything? Do you have yes. to, to elaborate? There was the, a lot about breaking shit. God, break know? stuff and yeah, biscuits. But no, but I mean, really, I think it existed before uh, Young Marshall Mathers came onto the oh, scene. Absolutely. But man, it's like he perfected it. He. Ugh. So the the again, and it's all through my, the lens of of me, my life, and being a young man. You know, Eminem's much older than me. Right. Um, but listening to that music, talking about shit I could not even re- begin to relate to. Right. Yeah. At all. Like, I, 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 I wasn't, you know, dirt poor necessarily. I was a punk kid. I was still a teenager. Right. I was still living with my parents. I didn't have the struggles he was having. You know, he was rapping about it was his therapy. Right. He was he was rapping about all the shit that was going on in his head, you know, but he was talented enough to express it in a way that was both uh, entertaining, for better or worse, uh, and on many levels, technically impressive. Oh, yes. And and to be fair, as good as he was on a technical level, you know, 15 years ago, Mm -hmm. 20 years ago, Mm -hmm. he is infinitely uh, better now. Oh, yeah. Yeah, But, you know, that's, you know, for later on down the line, but... But he, it's like scratching the surface of how good Marshall Mathers actually is as a rapper, as a lyricist. Yeah. It's fascinating to watch. I, I think the first time, I think My Name Is gives you the idea that here's a separate identity. This is a new thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and there was a lot of hit one-hit wonders in the 90s. I think perhaps maybe more 
for music scholars out there, uh, I think the 90s maybe probably had more influential one-hit wonders than any other decade because commercialism in that, just it just went through the roof and now distribution yeah. was becoming more widely available. And so he had all the makings of being a one-hit wonder the way uh, the other uh, white rapper we mentioned that I will not say his name again just because I'm tired of saying it. Uh, yeah, yeah. He oh, will or, not be named. Yes. At least MC Hammer was a two-hit wonder, right? <laughs> That's right. So, uh, so th- but then forgot about Dre happen and you're like oh shit like the speed but the clarity in mm-hmm. which she also rapped. he wasn't just micro machine commercial guys powering through this and it had a hook and dre with his beats and then all of a sudden you're like this this might have likes and then marshall mathers lp comes out and the real some shane comes out like, oh he's not Ooh. and then then stan and you're like oh he is not a one-hit wonder like, he's if, here to stay and he's really good at, uh the slim shady yeah lp like Guilty conscience. Mm-hmm. Fuck. Like, the stuff that he's rapping about. Like, uh, uh, like the girl he met at the... Or I can't remember the name of the guy, the, the character, who met the girl at the party. She's only 12 years old. Is there grass there? Like, is there hair? Like, what the fuck? Uh, How was he... Listen, listen. We all know that shit wouldn't fly now. No. On any level. And we're going to get into that in a minute, but yeah. There's no fucking way with those lyrics make it... Uh, to the in today's market, it no. just wouldn't, right? But like you said, there was there was a I wouldn't say there was a hunger for it. It wasn't like a hunger for it, but there was like people who maybe didn't agree with it necessarily, obviously, what? because there was a story to that song, right? He, yeah. could, he could justify all his music because some of the most violent songs he had were telling a story. Well, I mean, yeah. So so I would break that down by two things. One, the envelope when this material came out was already pushed so far. Not just by him, but by society. We're like, okay, well, well you know, I'll, I'll see your, this dick joke, and I'll raise you a cum joke, and I'll, I see this cum joke, and it's a rape joke, and this rape joke to a genocide joke or something. Mm. You know, and, 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 and it's not excusing it by any stretch of imagination, but saying it was a one-upsmanship that society was doing on itself. I mean, in 96 and 97, they created the the entire idea of what was allowed the parental advisory warning tipper core right right uh, because yeah, parents were buying records and they didn't want you to you wanted you to know that there was explicit content on here uh, that they felt so strongly about Tupac and Biggie uh, rapping about their actual history that they did that and then just three years later. Uh, there's nipples on TV. <laughs> Eminem's talking about literally, mur- descriptively murdering his baby mama yes. and her boyfriend and disposing of their bodies. Um, and then you know, like your your shock jocks are, are you know Howard Stern had some lady put a speaker on a floor, sit on it, and then he into the yeah. microphone. There was a strange time. There was a time for pop and culture. And you're like, what are they going to do next? And that was like the, the modus operandi of that time. That's so, a good yeah. point. But also in the same respect, too, um, that's not to say, dear listener, if you didn't live through that, that there weren't plenty of people being pissed off about that. Oh, boy. Uh, yeah. Because, I mean, listen, he offended a lot of people. Yeah. Because his lyrics were offensive. Yeah, they, yes. I mean, really, they uh, were, and then they they still are, right? And, and they're actually for me a little bit more offensive because I'm like, the fuck was I? How was I jamming so hard to this? Yeah, like, ugh. But ugh. but you know what? But that speaks to the growth of a human being, right? Oh yeah, that we 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 moved on. Yeah. You know, I I uh, still have a great respect for really most of those songs because they are well written, they're catchy, you know, hook the beat. You know, but at the same time, like 
I, I don't know, just kind of, I've gotten older and just like maybe I'm softer now. I don't give a fuck what the reason is, but I just know that I've gotten to a point where I'm like, ah, I don't have to listen to that shit. He has newer stuff I can listen to that's not quite the level of intensity. Yeah, yeah 100%. Going back and, and preparing for this and listening to the amount of Eminem that I did, I definitely shied away from the first three or four records as opposed to listening to a lot of the newer, not newest stuff, but some of the later in yeah. his catalog stuff, just because, not just because the lyrical content was there, but you could tell he he matured the way society and and his listeners did, mm-hmm. and that's a credit to him. He oh, absolutely he moved with his family hundred percent. Yes, he couldn't still be rapping about a lot of the stuff he was rapping about then now. No, not only would it a not fly, and that they slash we would cancel him. It wouldn't age well no. generally. But I, I think, yeah, you have to grow as a person, right? Uh, and that's what kind of gets me about the kind of people like, everyone's so offended about stuff these days. And it's like, no, you have to be able to grow as a person to realize that this isn't acceptable. And just like you find things funny now that you would never have found as funny as a young adult or as right. a teenager, uh, you, you are allowed to not find those things that you did then funny these days. You know, It's totally okay. When you're in your youth, you do things for the sake of doing them. When you are the older you get, you do things uh, specifically because they have a purpose or mm-hmm. a point, and I think that's and that comes away with M's lyrics. Yeah. So uh, yeah. But so, so what you were saying, like you know, people were you know boy trying to boycott his music, his, his, his concerts, you know, protests, and you know, people raising all sorts of hell based on again in a way. I mean, if I'm a parent back then, oh yeah, obviously you're not going to let your little kid listen to this shit. You know, that's that's crazy talk. Yeah. Right? Uh, do I think it was a bit a bit of an overreaction? On a level, yeah. Certain extent, yes. On a level, yeah. Uh, but this kind of leads to... I was thinking about this um, when I was doing my, my research, my cursory research on the subject. Um, like the, It's like the rule of threes, right? So, like, you look at some shady and you look at uh, Marshall Mathers, and you look at the Eminem show. Yeah, right. I, I've 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 kind of always in the back of my head felt like if you really want to know an artist, look at their first three major albums, and you will you'll understand them. Right. Yeah. At least at least the building. You're gonna get blocks. a really good picture of who they are, right? Because you've got your whole life to really put the first one out, right? You to write it to, to really put your soul into it. You have nowhere near as much time for the second and third. Mm-hmm. You may even have technically less time for the third, potentially, mm-hmm. right? So, Slim Shady came out, and if you go back and you listen to it, which whoever's listening to this, I, I assume you probably hopefully have, or maybe you haven't, maybe it's better you don't. <laughs> There's some <laughs> shit in that album. Oh, uh, yeah. But it is very, very violent. Yeah. It's offensive to be offensive. It's controversial For the to sake be controversial. Of doing it. Yeah. You know, he's pushing the button because he's pissed. He's angry. He's tired of being broke. He's tired of not having enough to provide for his family, for his little girl. All that shit, right? It's, he's full of piss and vinegar. And he's really showing us the character of Slim Shady. Not Eminem, the character, the alter ego Slim Shady. And we get to meet him in pure, intense, unforgiving form. That's yeah. the splash. Right, he hits the ground, visceral, running, intentionally visceral, and the crater he leaves is massive for that album. Mm-hmm. But then, 
you shift to Marshall Mathers, right? Which is also violent and, uh, you know, pressing buttons, but it's different. Because you start seeing, because, you know, life happens as a human being. He experiences different things over the next several months and years as he's producing and writing this next album. Now, he's a bit more introspective in, like, the reaction of what he did and the repercussions of his actions. Shows up on this, yeah. You know? Yeah. Like that's uh, it's, it's Mark has been left on him. Yeah, and he understands. And I wish I could remember the name of the song where he talks about how, like, you know, I never knew. I think it's called "I Never Knew," or, or "I Didn't Know," or "I Didn't Never Knew." Like, you know, I didn't know that like me doing this would have this effect. You know. Yeah. And he's really looking at it from a bigger picture, right? Then you lead to the Eminem show, because now he's made peace with it. Yeah, and you can tell. He is, it is, again, not nearly as violent. It's still violent in his own way. It's, but it's not that over the top violence. No, I think. No murdering for the sake of murdering. No, and I think, I think uh, the Eminem show is where it starts to be less violence for the sake of violence Mm -hmm. and more anger. Yeah, it's just anger now. Because of, of the path that his life was before he became big. And to the point where it became uh, after the release of Marshall Mathers, and all the way things kind of yeah. spun out. And why? Yeah, and it's not to not to. Yeah, I yeah. want you to go, but uh, everyone being pissed off about who he is and what he had done didn't change him. It added fuel to that fire. And if he didn't make fun of it in the first two records, and he didn't get it out, it bottled, and it came out as just ruthlessness mm-hmm. in the Eminem show. And that's in my opinion. Like so, you got the splash of shady, like yeah. the big crater, the aftermath of it. Eh, no pun. The <laughs> aftermath of it, and like the repercussions of his actions, like the way I am, and all those songs where he's reflecting, yeah, aggressively, but he's reflecting on what the how the world sees him. Yes, right. But then Eminem show, he's like fuck that noise, and that's what uh, that album is. And I could be wrong. Feel free to correct me, but I don't give a shit. Could be not you, but the guy in Peru. Peru. Um, but I believe, like, I'm pretty confident of all the tracks on those first two albums. Eminem shows like the first real album where he starts feeling himself more openly. Oh yeah, he starts acknowledging that I think I'm great. Actually, it's not about like, oh yeah, I'm this. It's like, no, like, no, I'm I'm actually a fucking living legend. Like at this point, let's establish that now. I mean, yeah. I mean, and he's acknowledging it more than any of the other track, other uh, albums. And I think, and I dig that. I mean, uh, yeah. So, so all of his stuff, Slim Shady is visceral, uh, violent for the sake of being violent and, and aggressive that way. Marshall Mathers, he starts to become aware of his cultural, yeah, and his celebrity impact. impact. Yeah. But Eminem show, he's had all this time to reflect over the last couple of years of the relief, uh, and it, it starts with White America. Which is absolutely like when you think about it, is the absolute follow up to the. Think about how the first album starts as far as songs, not skits, right? Mm-hmm. Slim Shady starts with My Name Is, mm-hmm. introduces Eminem in that video, that in that look that people start to copy. The real Slim Shady on Marshall Mathers, right? Uh, it's not the first song, but I mean, that's, right, the yeah, big, yeah. that's the big hit. I'm sorry, off the second album. But now here it is. And then White America, which sends up. All of that mimicry. It's like if you're you, in, to, to the to the people who 
decry someone wanting to be like him and say, what the hell is wrong with me? But also, what the hell is wrong with you? And then from that, mm. what do we go into, right? Claps. Yeah. Right? And, and that's... In which the song he literally calls himself one of the greatest of all time. And that's, and, and that's kind of like, you know, why that song is one of my... That's in my that's my top in my top three. It's my third favorite Eminem song of all time, which we'll get to later. But like it's 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 acknowledging your greatness. Yeah. Not like fuck these haters. Screw what everybody's saying about me. All these people protesting and all that BS. I know what I am. And it's time you acknowledge me. Yeah, and I'm gonna keep doing it. And he kept doing it. That, and, uh, Bad but and that's good the whole idea. Aside, in a song that's called Twilight Collapse, he's going to keep fucking doing it. At this point, he realizes that all of the turmoil, with, with as, as it will come out later in this record and everything else with his mom, with his baby mama, uh, the people that don't like him, the people that, that betrayed him on the way and then asked for a handout when he was coming up, mm-hmm. basically everybody but Dr. Dre or his baby, right? Right. At that point, um, everyone wanted a piece of him. And all of that shit, he's like, nah, I'm, I'm actually really good at my job, and I'm, I'm going to go until I drop dead. And, and that song, fuck it, it's, there's not really any other. And he, and, you know, you talk about the lyrics about, uh, about him describing the reaching that point, right? But it is, it's incredibly powerful. And I think the, rest, the album's, like, really good. The Eminem shows are really, really good. And I it think really is. It's really, really good. And I think... I thought I I often found it weird that they opened up with White America, okay? Not because not because that song isn't awesome, right? Okay, and and goes in there, but it's almost like that song could have been later in the record and been uh, and said the same thing, but opening it up like that, uh, you could have opened it with "Till I Collapse" and it would have even carried that. Yeah. That idea, and I think the album really gets kind of started at Twilight Collapse, but you, they start with White America to catch your goddamn attention. And yeah. he's like, before we get started, fuck you. And I just want to bring out how I want to say fuck you for the next three minutes and 49 seconds. And then Till I Collapse starts, and then now we're on with this record yeah. where White he America, moves on. White America is, a, is a, an incredibly aggressive song for oh. it not being comically violent. It's just, it's angry. It's calling it like you see it, putting it out on no, blast, right? No, yeah, no, no, and there isn't there isn't any of that hallmark violence that it was in the first two records. It's definitely the first one, but he, and I love from an audio standpoint, just from a storyteller standpoint, that when you hit play on that CD, excuse me, it goes America, and you get that jet sound and mm-hmm. that guitar and everything else. It just sets a whole vibe on that, and then and they, the album doesn't stop. And it's fun. I remember uh, that album coming out and, and buying it and being real excited and hearing that for the first time in my little CD Walkman walking down the street after coming from the mall. Yeah. And <laughs> I had to listen to it like two or three times <clears throat> before I kept going through the album because I'm like, the fuck did I just listen to? Like, I heard what he was saying, and, but I was like, I got to digest this shit. And that was probably, actually, now that I'm saying it out loud, that is probably the first time I did that to an, an Eminem song. Yeah. Because he was saying some real shit. That he had, was no longer afraid to say. He didn't have to pepper his shit with like comical violence to it, it with subtle hints of reality in it. Yeah. No, this is what he thinks. This is what's happening. You know, uh, because of my skin color, is that why I'm so fucking popular? And asking this questions, and it's like, he- and that's always been a big question. Is he lyrically talented? Are you fucking kidding me? Of course he is. 
Is he one of the greatest of all time? Of course he is. But would he be as great? Accept it. Like, being accepted mainstream if you look like me. It's a hell of a question, man. I mean... Because he was saying some violent-ass shit. Oh, no, dude. And it was it was almost like, stop me. And to the first couple records, and people are like, no, give us more. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, then yeah, he yeah. cried him. And, and it's and not only that... But he, he, and what is it, the first three lines of that song, he asked, I never would have thought in a million years that there would have been so many people that wanted to be like me. That, and, I, 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 that, that feel like me. Yeah, that feel like me. Yeah, yeah. right? And, and it's, it's before he, it, it's like the, one of the only moments in the song before he starts absolutely just fucking turning on people and saying, you motherfuckers here. Yeah. He's just, he, it, like he's caught off guard with the honesty that everyone connected somehow with him. I, I, a poor kid from from a broken home in Detroit, right? Yeah. And now here he is, one of the biggest superstars in the world. Uh, and, and and here it is in that thing. So he takes him and he's like, first of all, before I begin, I'm really surprised by this. But also, that being said, fuck you. And then he asks the important questions. And, and he doesn't stop saying some shit uh, throughout the rest of that album. Uh, yeah. God damn it, dude. That album's so good. I wish that... Uh, so, full disclosure. Dude, okay. Were, she won't do it, but... <laughs> I know where this is going. My amazing wife, who is wonderful and beautiful and is the one of the funniest people I've ever known in my entire life, uh, you wouldn't know it from looking at her or talking to her or seeing what she does or how she acts. I mean, this is the same person who has an entire multi-level shelf in her office dedicated to the original Pokemon character, Jigglybuff. But this is true. That lady knows the Eminem show like the goddamn back of her hand. Okay? It's so good. How and the other not, day, right? I was talking about how we're going to be doing an out, the, uh, episode on this, and I was um, uh, doing beatboxing to cleaning out my closet and without missing a fucking beat. My wife just starts going with the song. I would love to hear her do and that. I wanted her to she do it. She sort of started earlier. She, did she? Did she just give you a little a split ass second? Did she do it? Did she do it? I mean, I'm talking like I'm gonna, four seconds. If, if we take a break for a second in recording, I'm gonna try to pull her down and get her to do it on this episode. But she she lays in some shit. I mean, but I mean, like cleaning out my closet, uh, super band without me, right? I mean, this this album goes, dude, absolutely goes. My dad's gone crazy under. I listen. You know what's funny? This yeah. sidebar. Um, it's funny how when we were buying these albums when they were first coming out, and we just knew what we liked. Like, yeah. Oh, that's my jam. I like the song. And like, yeah. you just like no, that's just that's your song. It's I was just I kind of noticed something earlier, and I was kind of flip, flipping through his discography on uh, on uh, Spotify, and I top downloaded or liked songs or whatever. Till I Collapse is like number two or some shit. It has over a billion listens. And I, I remember kind of going, huh. So, because when I was young and that album came out, I was like, man, this is my jam. And in my mind, like, this isn't a single. This didn't have a music video. Like, this is just a really good song on the track. Fast forward a couple decades later, like, it's it's still, it's, it's actually an incredibly popular song. And I'm yeah. validating how much For I sure. appreciate that song. That song For is sure. a fucking banger. I think it's really interesting to see how many of the songs that were absolutely everywhere when they came out aren't in those top songs on Spotify. It's just, it's really telling. 
Uh, but I mean, yeah, those first three albums, I think it's really interesting because, and here's an interesting other little note that uh, that Eminem show is the first Eminem album to come out after we met. That sounds about right. Yeah. So yeah. so there is a fun <laughs> little 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 fact that, that at that point, somewhere between the Eminem show and Marshall Mathers at LP one. Uh, we meet and become friends, and then that album comes out. Now here we are; our friendship exists from the time the Eminem show goes until until now. But that's early Eminem, we're, and we're we're talking about that. And I don't really want to go through his whole discography, right, right, right. The way we went through the entire plot of Children of Men pen, painstakingly. Can we talk about how weird of a word discography is? Yeah. Every time I say it, I'm convinced I'm saying it wrong, but I'm not. It feels like like if someone's like, uh, so I've really been getting into discography lately, and you're like, so did you remove a rib to do that? Like, <laughs> oh, okay. Gonna, yeah. Do they do that in Peru? That's the do question they I'm going to do that ask. in Peru? That's a great question. Let us know. Come to my house and let me know. Shout it directly into my butthole. But that's not the question. Okay. So, so taking it back a little bit yeah. from what we were discussing, Eminem shows great, Marshall Mathers great, Slim Shady. Anyway, though, so before our episode began, we decided, uh, as we have sp- spectacularly failed at this, to try to corral the episode to a certain, <laughs> to a certain one way. one thing we don't do well. No, we do not. But I mean, that's, that's why our one person in Peru listens to us. Uh, <laughs> that's right. Because we, we are all sidebar. Uh, we're, all, we're all appetizers, very little main course. But in order to keep us on track, we, we sent each other uh, some songs. And we yes. have a couple of a couple of other questions to go through about that. But um, the three of us sent each other. Uh, we decided between three and four songs that were our favorite or most special Eminem songs to send to each other. Uh, so do you want to name your picks, my friend? Uh, so... This is in a very this is in order. <clears throat> uh best to still best, but not the best. Mm-hmm. Uh Bad Guy, uh, yeah. from Marshall Mathers LP. That opens two. that record so good, dude. Uh Headlights from the same album. Yeah, which I thought that's the dude from Fun, right? Uh, I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which which I was really I'm sorry, and I'd like to talk about the songs a little bit, but Headlights was really cool because I listened to it, you know, I think when I listened to Marshall Mathers too. Like once through, and I picked out certain songs that wasn't one yeah. of them. But listening back after you sent that to me, I like how it opens up with because the chorus on that song is almost extended. Mm-hmm. It just goes longer than a normal. Mm-hmm. It opens up with that, and you start to wonder just before you wonder is is M even going to come in on this song? It's a good. Then job. he dies, and he makes you makes you want it a mm-hmm. little bit more. Uh, and finally, uh, to no one's surprise, at this point, I'm sure after listening, till I collapse is number three. I mean, does. Does that go about as hard as any fucking song could possibly ever go? Of his songs? Yeah. Like, it goes hard. Not not in a aggressive way, but I mean, just the, the entire production of it. Like, when that when it comes in with the left, right, left, and then it comes in with that till I collapse, it just goes so hard, dude. You know, maybe Toy Soldiers, Toy mm-hmm. Soldiers is is. It comes in pretty hard. Um, Medicine Ball comes in pretty hard, but in a different way. Yeah. Uh, there's some. There's some jams. There's some newer stuff like Godzilla. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. You know, if if these a couple of these other songs did not exist, <laughs> Godzilla would be in my top three. Uh, it's that, probably my top five. Uh, I, I, as far as the newer stuff, like we're not uh, of the last two releases or three mm-hmm. releases, Godzilla, and even the remixes of it are. It's just. 
uh, you're, it's just it's one of those things that you sit up a little straighter in a car when it comes on. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like your your posture adjusts, and you're like, okay, okay. I'm not that guy anymore, but if I was, I might, I, I, I might listen to this song as I got unnecessarily worked up about something. Unnecessarily worked up, that's right. God, Godzilla was really good, and even the new song Killer. Uh, you know, I, you know, we, we can have a whole separate conversation about how music has gone in that trap, uh, that hip hop has gone in that trap direction, and how M resisted it for a while and then kind of leaned right into it, right? Yeah. Uh, which, hey, listen, you're he's still a businessman and you got to sell records, right? And if he's good, which he is, then people will still listen to it, which we do. Uh, yes, we will. Yes, for sure. I, I thought Killer was uh, was was particularly impressive as far as that it being his newest. Kind of a, a, a no, no pun intended. It's stab. not a bad jam. No, not bad. No. Uh, so, but so my, what about you? Yes. So, uh, my number one. Uh, you know, I'll go. I'll go backwards to the way. Did you go backwards or frontward? Beginning or the best to the not as best, but best. Okay. So we'll start. We'll start at number one. Uh, my absolute favorite Eminem song is "Untouchable" from Revival. Mm -hmm. uh, absolute. And I there was other songs that are on this list that were number one until. The first time I put on Revival, and it starts great, and you could kick into it. But when this song hits, like you said with White America, mm -hmm. I think I – and this is six minutes. It's a long Eminem it, song. It's, uh, yeah. Uh, I listened to it like four times in a row. Like this is a, He's saying a lot. He does. And the perspectives. He takes like three or four different people's perspectives in this song. Starts with this unbelievably almost nausea-inducing uh, uh, send-up of angry white people. From like Almost like a southern, definitely racist white person. Right. And then he comes into the perspective of, of, of that self-humility about, about his stance of being a, a white person in hip-hop and in this culture. Then he takes the perspective of a black person in today's society. Then he takes the fourth perspective, uh, and it goes back and forth in those three, of and that last one, it breaks down, right? Uh, and he shifts so seamlessly from almost like, here I am outside of all three of those things and into the perspective of a black man. But it tells such a story in so many different ways, but one particular amazing, it's just kind of a send up of just the different perspectives of racism. And uh, it's definitely to me the most important Eminem song just for me because I listen to it. And I'm like, oh, my God. Like and here we are, and it came out in 2017, and oh my god, could you imagine it coming out last year in 2020? It's it's cool, like, and I and not to cut you off, but it's, no, please. Uh, you know, you sent the song, and 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 I'm like, I remember hearing it, and I remember digging. I'm like, let me listen to this shit again, obviously. So I listen, to it, I'm like, fuck, I, yeah, I remember this now, and uh, you know, if if you'd have told me in 2003 or 2002, even. That Marshall Mathers now, now obviously like the hip hop community, the culture embraced him. There are some people who had, didn't really and still don't. Yeah, uh, and that's always going to be a thing, unfortunately. And he <laughs> knows that. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, like actually yeah. in the culture. Yeah. Like just yeah. don't like they feel like he's just sort of here to be here. We're letting him be here, but there are all other people who embraced him as like you know one of us in that sense. Like mm -hmm. I mean, he's down, and he and he and he's always tried to be. Uh, you know, he's an ally. Uh, and if you'd have told me that he'd be 20 years ago, I'd be like, I don't, I mean, I guess, I don't know, but like, dude is. Yeah. And I have such a respect for that because he don't give a fuck. 
No. He had, thankfully he has the money to not give a fuck. Oh, he doesn't care. need to. <laughs> but um, but that song, you know, listening to it again and go and just like, it's so it is so genuinely heavy, because I'm I, I was like listening to it, sitting at home, sitting on the couch, you know, reviewing the songs you sent me, and getting angry. I fucking hate that. Yeah. Right. Like I'm like God damn, he's just drumming up that shit that I do think about like normally yeah but he's putting it in such a succinct way that it's irritating me because it's so fucking true yeah uh but that's what he's good at uh and a great artist is good at that yeah or a great artist is great at that uh but that's an excellent song and it speaks a lot actually you know we judge somebody you know by what they ingest in media but like it says a lot about you right uh how you view the world in a sense and how you feel because Everything's different for everybody. Like how you yeah. take music, you know. Uh, but yeah, that's a that's a hell of a song. It man. is. It is, and it's one of those things. It's like when someone's like, "What's the best movie you've ever seen?" And I say one of the. It's either Children of Men or like Saving Private Ryan, right? Mm-hmm. Because it's. Uh, could I listen to it all the time just to or watch it all the time? No, because I. But it's important enough, right? And when I heard that, and going back. And going back to Eminem, uh, when we did this, and sure enough, I have I, I listened. Revival is one of those few albums that saved on my Spotify, mm. and I was like, oh yeah, I got this. I saw the little mark. I said, oh yeah, I saved this record. And then you get going, and then sure enough, it third song in hits Untouchable, and I'm like, yeah, that would be that would be why that that right there would be why. And I'll yeah, and we'll talk about a revival as a whole here in a few minutes, but. That was definitely the the far and away standalone number one right. in the, the entire perspective. One? Number two, uh, Wicked Ways, last track on Marshall Mathers too. That's uh, a good jam. Yeah, uh, I mean, I like heels, and I like that kind of that that self realization. And to me, this song is somebody who knows that they have a tendency to be a heel, to be a uh, to be perceived as a bad person. And uh, I just I think the hook is badass, and I love and we're gonna talk about it again in a minute. But I love the way that that whole that Marshall tune revival are recorded, and um, I, I want to wait just a minute to talk about that. But it to me, you start with bad guy, great, and headlights get it gets kicking, and that whole record is so mm-hmm. good. But for it to start with bad guy, but end with wicked ways. Uh, it's just so I was I was driving around my car when I hit that song for the first time and I I wished my speakers would have gotten louder mm-hmm. uh, with the dig my way to mm-hmm. hell and you're just like that, and it also makes me mad that the guy from Imagine Dragons is the one singing that song is that him? yeah, yeah fuck I that thought guy. so yeah but okay well in that song um, it's actually it's, you know you really dig that song and I knew exactly what it was when I saw it I'm like ah yeah I know this song I've listened to this song a bunch of times just on that album because it's mm-hmm. such a good album and but it's definitely not my it is definitely not my top twenty it's not a bad song hey there's the thing about fucking you know Eminem in general like there's your top three and then there's everything else tied for fourth <laughs> right you know yeah. like it, it's it, most of most of the songs are fucking good but for sure. But that song in particular, I really, I do like it, but it's definitely like, that's a, that's one of those where I might actually skip if it comes up. Like, eh, I gotta be like, I gotta be in the mood for it, but I dig like the beat, you know, like I dig the chorus. I, it's not a bad song, but it's just like, eh, I'm I good. I mean, yeah. 
Well, start one. Speak. So the uh, and you asked for say, let's say top three or four, and I gave you four. You gave me four. Excuse me. It's because I couldn't pick between these two to put it as the number as the round of the list. Uh, so um, you know, just be com- completely uh, honestly. Uh, crack a bottle from <laughs> Relax. Mm-hmm. Let and, your body wobble. Uh, so yeah, and and uh, someone who will hopefully when they make an appearance on this show, my brother. Uh, he makes fun of me for that being uh, one of my top Eminem songs. Wow. Uh, and here it is because I love Untouchable because, God damn it, the, the message and the lyrics and the vibe and the performance are top notch. And Wicked Ways, the vibe and the whole idea of how that's produced and flows, just it speaks to me. Uh, Crack a Bottle. I fucking adore that song. And I can't put it into as succinct words as that. But for the listener who doesn't know, Crack a Bottle is a is a three-way song with him, Dre, and 50 Cent. Mm-hmm. And it starts with this that that kind of a kicks in and almost is very similar to some of the songs in the Blueprint or the Blueprint 2 or the Black Album with that kind of a classic horns swell in. Mm-hmm. Then Shady comes in and 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 it's the thing on relapse is it's 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 Modern Shady doing kind of classic Shady mm-hmm. in a way, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so he comes in with the first verse. He's very cla- classic Shady and does the rap. And then Dre comes in and just and just it just it's just consistently Dre. It's like and he I think his he, he does a better part on Old Time Sake on that record. But he comes in. But dude, when it gets to Fifty Cent at the end of that, it's just the vibe. And he breaks it down. And then when it comes in uh, with that third verse, just the, the whole feel of it, I'm just, every time it gets that, I'm waiting for it a third time. I'm like moving. <laughs> My car is shaking because I'm dancing. So it's and, it's but like not a like, party jam, oh, It's man. such a good, like, uh, I just feel uh, cool when I listen to, when I get to that <laughs> part of the song. I'm like, yeah, uh, I'm, I'm pretty badass right now listening to this song. I don't it's know if you know this. It's a good song. And, uh, and it's, uh, uh, you know, one of those songs that like, oh, you know, tied for fourth. Uh, good song for me at least uh, and when I first got that album I definitely listened to that song more than I do now but that's just some song especially party songs I get I wear them out yeah pretty quick yeah because I as a music listener like as somebody who who really enjoys a good jam here and there I need an emotional hook for me to really want to listen to it more than once for sure which you know, once we once I kind of elaborate on my list, it'll make more sense. But crack a bottle, man, is is just fun. It is. It's when, just fun. Yeah, for sure. For and it's it's a good time. Yeah, and uh, I think it's you're you're absolutely right that it's a party song. No yeah. comical violence in it. It's no. just fun. No, for sure, for sure. It's uh, you know rappers talk about. Uh, it's one of those things where the rapper talks about uh, what are they gonna do in the party? Why are they so badass? And what can you expect? And it's like that's literally all 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 the verses there. Mm-hmm. And then uh, also tied for top three uh, is no love. God, so fucking good. Yeah. Oh. So I I didn't come across Lil Wayne. That's my I, wife's favorite Eminem song ever. I'm pretty sure. I, there's no there's absolutely uh, all reason for that, right? I didn't come across Lil Wayne until after he had already sold so many records. I'm like, all right, let me give this a listen. And okay. I thought, and I think Weezy's really really cool, right, and really excellent. Uh, but to me, that uh, no love, the wheezy part, you separate right down the middle, right? First of all, great sampling, great five when it mm-hmm. kicks in with that, and you're just like, okay, all right, I, who would have thought to to 
fucking it's so uh, good. sample Hathaway. It's right so here. fucking good. Uh, and then Wheezy comes in, and it's one of those things that compared to what happened in the second song and all that other stuff, it's so simple of a rap. But you absolutely understand everything he's going with, and he's saying it in the imagery. He, he cuts a good. He it gets a good flow, hundred uh, percent. And you get the imagery absolutely the entire time. I remember listening to it and having it play out in my mind while I'm listening to it. I'm like, okay, this is this is really cool. And the vibe with the Hathaway. And then Shady comes in and does this thing. I, and here's the problem. I like the entirety of all the songs. And, and I, I'm not saying this is not a bad song. And the only reason this isn't higher is because I like the other songs in this list a little bit more for other reasons. Yeah. But I, if you were to put a gun to my head and tell me what's the best rap verse you ever heard in your entire life. When he comes in on No Love and it starts like down here. And by the time he gets up to the top at the end of that, he just goes. And you're just like, is this? Dude, I, it's I, To me, I think it's the best single this, verse. Does he go like, uh, was it? How does it go? Wait, I'm alive again. More alive than I've ever been in my whole entire life. That's I, right. Yeah. See these people's ears perk up as I begin to stash with a pen. I'm a little bit sicker than most. Shit's going to get thick again. They say the competition is stiff, but I get a hard dick from the st- shit. Now stick it in. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. And he just jam. Oh. It's so good. He just, you're, like, you're right. He goes from zero to 60. Just like and then, that. And then he somehow finds that extra gear. And he just of, keeps going. No love lost. No love found. Yeah. And it's it's like, dude, it's the whole, the whole concept there. And, and, and to the point where... In a song, you typically love the hook, love the chorus, right? Right, right. right. Uh, and you're like, come on, give it to me, give it to me, yeah. But when you get to M's verse in No Love, you don't ever want him to stop. Mm-hmm. Like, you're just like, oh, like, oh there's a chorus. Okay, now we're, we're... It's an excellent, excellent verse. It's awesome, dude. And like, he knows it. Yeah. Oh, he absolutely At knows At one it. point in that, that verse, he even says, like, you know, this is like the greatest verse of all time. Yeah. He is, <laughs> I, think, I think it literally might be. I'm like, yeah, that's, there's no line there. Could you Like, him looking at that paper... That he's looking, he's like, yeah, yeah, I don't, I, I don't think it gets better than this. And then he's, he's like, no, we're good. Do you want to do that again? He's like, why the fuck would I want to? There it is. Well, and that's the, that's the jam where he says, Marsh is not mellow. I, it's such a simple, yeah. I, I fucking love that. Yes. <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. So so those are our top ones. So, uh, you know, I already explained uh, why, you know, Till I Collapse is like, so I think it's such a valuable song. In his his library of music, yes, uh, because he really fills himself. He really puts that out there, and he mm-hmm. does it unapologetically, and does not give two shits about what anybody else thinks. And he puts himself in that list, which is a big fucking deal. Yes, right. But like for me, being number one, being bad guy, is first of all, bad guy is just all around a good song. It yeah. doesn't have to be a great song. It's just a good song right off the bat. It's excellent because it's the second part of Stan, right? Yeah. Listening to that the first, the very first time, I love the fact that it took me, I'm like halfway through going, wait a minute. Hold the fuck up. Wait. Is this really happening? Yeah. Is he really doing this shit? Mm-hmm. Right? And it's two totally different songs. Yeah. That's the thing. Like... The first half is just all this buildup, you know, with Stan's little brother and all yeah. that stuff and that story and the little kid and the hat and all that. You're like, fuck, Porsche Marshall's about to get murdered, man. Oh, dude. You know, all the, the, the delusions and, 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 and that's all well and good. Great. Wonderful storytelling. But then when he dies and goes to hell and like. Whatever the gatekeeper of the abyss is talking to him, or if it's yeah. just him, right? There's that. There's um, 
that theory that like when you die, there is no heaven, there is no hell. All you experience is what you think you're going to experience. And because you're in that between point of like death and life, yeah. you have no perception of time. Mm-mm. So to you, whatever you think you're going to experience, you feel like you're experiencing it for an eternity before you die. Yes. But it's reality. It's 30 seconds. Yeah. Right. So this, maybe this is what he's having, right? That song, anytime Eminem's yelling viscerally and angrily, it's yeah, always sure. awesome. Yeah. Because he built, he gets to it. Yeah. But man, my dude gets so fucking deep within himself, calling himself out, totally acknowledging his hypocrisy, how he contradicts himself. Yeah. How he has these double standards when it comes to his daughters versus how he views women normally. Mm-hmm. He puts himself out there. He talks about all the, is he still hanging on for the sake of hanging on? Is he really washed up? Is he like, is the limelight really gone? Should he just quit now? You know, is he's, he's ignoring all this shit that's been happening and how Stan and his brother really just represent all the things that he had that he's that he never really appreciated. Now it's gone. Yeah. Right. That fucking verse was so powerful. The first time I heard it, I, like, I, I'm not saying I got like uh, misty. I wasn't that, but I, I felt emotional. I felt like, yeah. I was like, God damn, dude spilling how he feels in a very aggressive way, but it was powerful and it meant something. I love introspective music like that. When yeah. you can step outside yourself and acknowledge what you've done, who, who you are, and maybe what you haven't done right. You know, and yeah, and first of all, uh, Eminem's the only one of the only people I know of that uh, goes to therapy and makes us pay for it, right? Yeah, he gets uh, millionaire yeah. off of it. And number two, uh, that opens the fucking album. Yeah, like that's how Marshall Two starts is with that shit, and you just, you just yeah, it's yeah for sure, dude. He, and, like he says, like oh, you know, this is what like the the bullies you hate that you became fucking heavy ass yeah. shit oh dude and i think that's a hallmark of later m is that not not, not even i mean at this point uh, now that we're older it's middle point m right but uh, after we get past the m&m show we really see uh, he stops being visceral for visceral sake and that introspection that shows up in marshall that comes through more in m&m starts to become the norm right then you get into relapse which becomes uh which is it's just it's a weird album it's a weird album but then you get recovery and what i mean that's what recovery starts that mode you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like oh like he just looks inward and then he if you piss him enough off enough to come outward with it that's fine but a lot of that stuff's all inward directed yeah and then incredible uh you know headlights is i think uh one of the most important songs he's ever made uh, and 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 again, it's one of those songs where lyrically it's solid, but it's what he's saying. Like it's not about you know the entendres or anything. There was none of that. It was like this is the relationship with my mom. And if you've been a fan of this man for any length of time, you know you we've all been on that journey with him with this mm-hmm. man. Like I, I I you and that that song specifically. Again, like kind of gives you like an emotion. Like I, you know, thankfully had a really good relationship with my mom, but like there are people, I, a lot of people I know who had very strained relationship with their parents yeah, and still do yes, and don't talk and don't interact. But for him, like they clearly had a very, you know, volatile relationship and for him to come clean and talk about how, cause I love cleaning up, clean out my closet. Oh yeah. I fucking love that song. And for him to be like, yo, I don't, I don't like that song anymore. 
Like I cringe when I think about it. I don't play it anymore. I don't want to. Ha- I don't want to have anything to do with it because you're still beautiful to me because you're my mom. That, that, that's that growth, shit, man. That, that's a hell that of growth. hits. Yeah. Like, regardless of all the shit, regardless of all the stuff, like, for, like for everything you did, I love you for that. I'll just have to love you from afar. And the line where he he, he says like you know. They ran into her. Like, that's the thing that sold me on the song was like, oh, we ran into you. You only met your granddaughter once. One fucking time. You know, you pulled up, we hugged you, and you drove off. And when, as I saw those headlights in the distance, I got this incredible sadness. And that, like, that's to me, like, a heaviness. We've mm-hmm. all had that experience in life where, like, you walk away from somebody and you're like, this probably is going to be the last time I'm going to do this. And it it stays with you, and that for him to write that shit that honestly, yeah, I I just have such a respect for him to go from awful things that he said about his mom, who brought him into this world, who did him wrong. I mean, I mean, she did him dirty. I'm sure he didn't help things, no. but she did awful things to him that he did not deserve as a as a small child. Yeah, you know, and so she earned that wrath and that distrust and that 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 bitterness of 110 percent earned it. No doubt. But for him to grow as an adult, as a parent. As a person. And be like, I'll just love you from afar because you're my mom. Fuck that, man. That's amazing to me. Yeah, yeah. And I think you're putting that in that words. You absolutely are right. And I think that's why Marshall 2 and Revival are, are such great records. Because they they absolutely show that, uh, that he, or and then we as the listeners, can grow. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you're allowed to change your mind. You're allowed to say some awful shit and then come back from it because you know better now. You're different. You've you've literally emotionally, mentally, whatever grown and you you are smarter for it. It's early in that song that he talks about how uh, like when their dad when his dad left, that should have brought them together. And it did. But it drove them further apart. Mm -hmm. And it's like from that point and just even be able to have that kind of uh, that kind of realization, that spark. It's like, yeah, here we are, um, you know, through looking back. Hindsight being twenty twenty and stuff, but that's 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 a hell of a thing, yeah, for sure, dude, for sure. So, um, so before we get wrapped up here, mm-hmm. yeah, kind of a simply put, we do talk about a lot about how the best and favorite, yeah, of things are often different. So yeah. I'm going to play a slightly different version of that topic of conversation. Try to keep our answers as succinct for the dear listener who's been with us on Eminem for. Well, two hours now. Hi, how you doing? Yeah. I love you, Peru. We really appreciate Listen, you being here. You can come on up and make a meat sandwich with us anytime you want, Peru. Not me. Uh, oh, definitely you. No. Listen, it's okay. Chloroform's a thing. I bet they sell it in Peru. Oh, anyway, God. not the point. Uh-huh. Uh, so, Eminem, I'm going to ask you. Yeah. Your favorite album, what you think the best album is, and is what's the most influential or important album to you as far as you as a person or a listener you can quantify that however you want right so best and favorite albums best favorite and most important best right, favorite most important. is the third and i here's what i will do uh-huh. is i will i will start okay just to kind of give you the idea yeah, so yeah, yeah. uh i would say that the best album is revival uh i quite enjoy revival i love the way that marshall and revival are recorded as to where the first couple albums are very simply put a man in the studio with a microphone and there's a whole production studio a dre doing the beats behind them revival and marshall have the sound more like he set a mic in the room 
and couldn't help but pace around that damn room right and lay that stuff down and where revival and uh where everything else is a hip-hop album uh, i can't help but feel that revival even a little bit more than marshall is almost like somebody re- reciting poetry to a metronome and they built a beat around it you know like and it's just it's it's to me to me if I, you're like what's the best i w- i would say revival my favorite and this is weird as shit and i don't care okay my favorite eminem album was relapse i uh really yeah it's my absolute favorite 100 didn't think you'd say that no i know i know and i get i, 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 I that's get, one of his worst yeah and he uh the same look you just gave me with your really <laughs> just uh, goddamn uh it's the same every time i talk to eminem um Every time, okay. every time I talk about Eminem to somebody, every <laughs> time hold out on me. Every time I'm in my closet <laughs> and I pray to Eminem, and he's like, "Oh my god, nothing," because he can't hear me. But uh, no, is that uh, it's my favorite uh, because God, it's such a weird record, man. It is because it's it it's Eminem who has gotten so much further past that point. Basically, does old Eminem right without the unnecessary violence mm-hmm. but still it's like that i think that album is the funniest album not because uh i mean it's it's intentional right to a certain point i think but it's without the edge for ed's sake on it the way that the first three albums have the first three albums with all the skits and mm-hmm. the paul and the ken kniff and ken all that kniff. shit right uh, and, uh, and him sending up the icp and stuff there is comedy attempts on there but it's all like angry and and and, and violent and and mean for it's mean to a certain extent right yeah but uh relapse is to it's all self-deprecating right and he does some weird shit and i don't care if it's if you look at it like from a composition standpoint one of the weaker albums but oh my god, dude! Backpipes from Baghdad. Uh, I fucking slap that song. Uh, that when he starts talking about and you got dear listener, I wish you could see uh, Doc's face right now as he goes that. Like uh, I, I don't like the chorus of that at all. But the uh-huh. the, the verse, he just uh, and, and him doing the weird, definitely offensive Arabic accent uh, <laughs> unnecessarily in the middle. Of it. But a the verses bit. are just like like. The it, it just, you got to move with it, but relapse is my favorite, and I think you can't help but say, but to me, but the most influential on me or important record, I guess, for me would definitely uh, be the Eminem show, um, mm. just because I think that is it's where where it came, what time, the amount of songs, uh, how good the album is, and how it plays. Uh, it's it's still so aggressive and ridiculous, but mm. it's the earliest. It of his stuff that I would still listen to now. If you I put gotcha. if you came in like I'm gonna listen to Eminem and then you just hit Eminem show and hit play, I would probably cringe at some definitely in the in between <laughs> stuff. But I would I would bang with it more than I would bang with it than the the first two records. And I think that's that's the one that with the exception of relapse, I think that's the that's the album I could most recite the lyrics or the songs from, you know? Yeah. So. So what about you, man? I'm, I'm sorry that, that I completely caught you off guard oh, with Relapse, dude. Damn, dude. Because yeah. <laughs> that's not a great album. I mean, it's not terrible. I mean, I've heard worse albums in my life, but in like his li- his discography, uh, it is not his best, in my opinion. And in, in, in his opinion, it's not his best. He hates that fucking album. I'm, 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 no doubt from the... Per- his, his, his look that where weird he was ass in his voice life. he was doing. Yeah. Almost every fucking song. Yeah. 
It's, 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 yeah, like, um, and it's almost gratuitous and not in, in anywhere near a good way of gratuitous, but I still, I still bang it. I don't I mean, care. I'm, 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 I don't care. You're not wrong for liking it. It's your opinion. Yeah. Uh, so. Hit me. What, so what? Best. It's the best. Uh, honestly, regardless of like, you know, the level of violence that is, that's there, that exists, that is not there. I think that uh, the best album he's ever put out, really, was probably Marshall Mathers. Yeah. LP, like the first one. I can see it's that. Because yeah. you know what, man? Like, with Slim Shady, <clears throat> again, like that uh, impact crater, boom. But now we still get the comical violence, but we get introspection. We start to learn yeah. who Marshall Mathers is. Not, Slim's, not necessarily just Slim Shady, but there was some legit, like, listen. I'm just going to pull it up, right? Because <clears throat> if we're being straight up here, Kill You, Stan, The Way I Am, The Real Slim Shady, Remember, no, Remember He's Not That Awesome, I'm Back, Marshall Mathers, The Drug Ballads, Excellent, Kim We Don't Talk About, and Criminal. That's like over half the fucking album. Yeah. Bangers. Yes. Some fucking good fucking songs, many of which will make you think. Oh, absolutely. And are comically violent. <laughs> yeah. But but I, I think that's his best album, right? I think that one stands... Then that, that standard true statement of a sophomoric mm-hmm. uh, effort sometimes end up being the, ver- the very best. Like, how every, any person, like, if you're a fan of Eminem in general, like, and you're just kind of doing something, you hear the bong, bong, oh, yeah. you're just like, turn that up. No, no, just turn that up a little bit. I want to hear that song. Because that's, The Way I Am is a fucking jam. Oh, yeah, dude. The Way I Am, in my opinion, yeah. of all of his songs he's ever made, transcends him. Interesting. I think the, it's just the, the shit he says in that song. Because he's being... He's, it's Marshall rapping in that song. Yeah. He's talking about the effects of fame. He's talking about, like, now he has to adjust to being a... I, a, a mega star. He's not yeah. just a rap star now. He's now a mega fucking star, and that's a big deal. Very true. Uh, but so so hit me up. So uh, favorite, yeah, uh, is without question. Uh, um, I would have to say that it is uh, Marshall Mathers LP two. Yeah. Uh, it's and and it's funny. Like even though it's my favorite, I don't like every track on it. No, but you don't have to, right? No, you know the tracks that I like, I fucking love, Mm -hmm. (laughs) and it's most of them. I think it's uh, it's cool to see him grow um, because I think with that album, I think from album to album, you see him grow. Obviously, but that one album, you see, I think you see the most growth in a lot of ways. Um, Yeah, I mean, I uh, I first of all, the revival would not have been possible without Marshall too. Because they they are produced almost identically in the exact same way, and just to say it can be your favorite. I hate hate must be the ganja off a relapse. I hate that's not that an song. awesome song. No, not at all. <laughs> no, no, no. I, and I I I it's the only one of the only songs on relapse that I will one hundred percent. If you look at my Spotify data, you say, oh Noah skips that song every, every single time. time. I even put that ganja. album on shuffle, and it does not it does not come up on there. So. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you what I think the most important one is though. Yeah. Uh, and I feel I'll I'll take this shit to the grave, especially in light of New Revelations. Uh, Infinite is the most important one. Yeah, I, I had a feeling you'd go that route. Because honestly, man, 
let's let's I'm gonna pose a question to you. Yeah. If infinite hit, we wouldn't have had a lot of this other mm, stuff. No, nope. we'd had none of it. No, because it took it not working for him to get so angry and let all that out, all and his frustration weird with it. Yeah, because it it needed to happen, right? Because for the listeners, if I wouldn't blame you, if you've never fucking heard of it or not necessarily heard. I never didn't know about this it. until yesterday, by the way. I'd known about Infinite for a long, long time, but I'd only listened to a couple of tracks before. But I finally, the other day, listened to the whole thing. Uh, excellent fucking album, but it is not Slim Shady. It's Eminem. It is a very different vibe. Oh, so before we began, Herb and I listened to the first two songs on it together. and I was absolutely blown away by how, first of all, how young this man sounds. It's 1996. Yes, sounds like he's 12. But it is technically... Let me, let me just let me just be real for a second. The, the first two songs of it were technically, technique wise, better than the stuff that you heard on uh, Slim Shady. With a lot, it was different. It was completely different. Yeah, it was a hip hop album. It was a rap. It was it was more of a, a grounded hip hop album. It was just it rem- him rapping. It reminded me a lot of the low key death row stuff from yeah. right around that. There era. was yeah. no over the top violence. He did, no. and, and I'm pretty confident having listened to that album. At no stage does he threaten to murder anybody at all. No. Like, because, you know, there is Eminem and then there's Slim Shady. Slim Shady's the alter ego. Slim Shady's the one who does all the awful things. Yes. Right? And, folks, if you, seriously, you need to listen to this album. It's excellent. It's really fun. You can find that on YouTube. It's, I wouldn't say it's uplifting, but he is a bit more positive, if you can imagine that. It's refreshing. And he that album needed to fail. Because if it didn't, if he blew up, there would have never been Marshall Mathers LP two. Not in the form we had it. There'd be mm. no Mar- no Slim Shady LP. Not in the form where we had it. Nothing. We may never even met Slim Shady. Mm-mm. But that needed to happen. He needed to be down on his luck. He needed to be desperate. He needed to be angry, hungry, full of piss and vinegar, and regret, and worried about how he's going to feed his kid. Yeah. All that needed to happen for him to somehow sell himself on Dre. That's it. Can you imagine having to sell yourself on Dr. Dre? I don't know if I could. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't imagine it. You know, how amazing would it be if Dr. Dre was a guy in Peru? First of all, <laughs> what up, man? <laughs> Yo, Dre. Ignore all the jokes that Noah made. No, don't. I mean, I feel like Dre would respect it. Dre would, re- would respect the fact that I unknowingly invited him <laughs> To come to where we record our podcast and participate in a double teaming of sorts. Uh, yeah, yeah. Listen, like that. all I'm saying is what, that. What are you saying? I, all I'm saying is that whoever our listener on Peru, if you out of your own pocket fly to the United States, stalk Herb Jones, follow his every move. Let's not where do that. he works, where he lives, how he he grocery shops, and then at one random moment when the time is right, you pounce and enforce him to be the top hoagie bun, and me to be the bottom hoagie bun, yep. <laughs> and you are the Italian sub in the middle. Then I'm what I'm saying is, <laughs> why would you do that? But hey, it's okay. It, it, you know what? You tried. I guess is the point. And I don't. I feel. I feel bad turning you away at that point. There are people who will listen to this. <laughs> Some of which who know you, some who do not. Most don't, probably. At the data would suggest I don't know anyone in Peru. <laughs> Maybe you do. Uh, I'm about to. 
I got lightheaded. Uh, You know what? I don't have a therapist. Maybe I should. But I feel like my therapist would have a field day that I described um, a fictional menage a trois in a sandwich form, and I'm the bottom bread. (laughs) There's a lot to unpack. Dear listener, uh, I have a lot to think about tonight. But we hope you've had a lot to think about uh, listening to our episode. That was really good. Thank you. I really you like that? I, that was like, impressive. Like that turn there. Yeah. Uh, we had a lot of fun talking, not just about M. Uh, it feels like a lifetime ago, but we talked about everything else under the sun. The early nineties. Uh, there's a whole there's a lot of time. You know, we uh, we talked about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Uh, <laughs> It was for a longer weird, than we should have. It was a weird journey to get here. <laughs> yes, but here we are. Uh, but thank you for coming along on this weird journey. Um, so last question before we go. Yeah. Very simply put, uh, you can quantify this however you want, but let's keep it brief for everybody. Is Eminem the best rapper of all time? Uh, uh, t- up until now. No. Okay. Here's the thing. I also say no. And you know why? Why? I'm not going to tell you why. Okay, because you said to keep it brief. Keep it brief. <laughs> you fuckers told to get to the fact One day we'll do a show from Peru, and we'll just talk about all why Eminem is not the best rapper of all time. We'll probably talk about something ridiculous, like like Ripple Chips or but, something. But to be fair, yeah, I mean, he may not be the number one rapper of all time, but there is such a thing as 1A and 1B. There is, and I think if you were like to, to quantify it down to technique-wise... Could he, could I, if someone's like, I have a compelling argument as why he's the best rapper of all time, and especially because of technique, I would be hard pressed to counter that with the right data. But if you'd ask me where I sit now, I don't, I don't think I could legitimately give him that, that top notch. But I, there is, again, one B, super respectful of everything he's done. Um, Yeah. 100%. 100%. And you were talking about journeys. The man's been on a journey. And I'm really, really looking forward. And I hope I live long enough to see old man Eminem at like 70 God. drop some fire shit, right? <laughs> yes. I can't find my pills. And, and, and it's a whole record about having. Oh, and it's like the album cover is, you know, how you see those little pill containers that have Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday? That'd be hilarious. But Eminem is spelt out in that. That'd oh, amazing, man. Actually. Oh, put, put a pin in that for the future. But hey, man. It's been a it's been a journey, and we want you to and keep coming on this journey with us. Yeah, because we're sure. just we're just getting started on this whole podcast. Yeah, we're still bullshit. getting our feet wet. Uh, I think uh, you know what we're doing is you know at the end of the day we're just two best friends bullshitting. Yeah, and hoping that somehow that you're enjoying what we're saying and laughing along with us. I mean, yeah. that's all I really want. Yeah, same, same. I find it really ironic that we we covered such a, uh, one specific thing, such as Eminem. We didn't talk about him for half the episode, <laughs> but it's over two hours long. But we talked about this whole, last week we had a whole conversation about the Nintendo 64. Now keep in mind, I don't know if you were able to tell this, we were far more drunk than we oh, are now. sweet baby Jesus. We, we are sweet and wasted. Yeah. Uh, but we only talked for half the time about an entire video game console but you know what here's the thing we were on pr- pretty on topic last week i think i think so yeah we, we we started almost immediately out of the game we, the whole time uh we talked about it so good on that we didn't do that this week we got all this we kept all the sidebars for today and i don't know if we'll do that next week uh so why well, don't you why don't you tell the dear listener what's coming up next week uh so yeah, what we're gonna talk about and this is real life folks. Yeah. We are we are talking about uh probably the the greatest 
uh, toy to cartoon to movie adaptations of all time. Uh, Masters of the Universe. Um, 1987. 1987. Uh, Dolph Lundgren. We, we are, we are, we are going to talk about the greatness that is that film because it is fucking great. We're going to talk about that. Is it the greatest toy, uh, TV show to toy to movie adaptation all the time? We will ask that question and we will answer that question. And you're going to answer it right now. Is it? Yes. Okay, there it is. Are you fucking kidding Spoiler me? Spoiler alert. It is the greatest. But we're going to go into depth about that next week. Yeah, so. we're, we're going to discuss uh, Frank Langella's fucking swan song. I don't... Did we mispronounce anything in this episode? I feel like we I, I almost inevitably will. Uh, so I'm sure I next did. Next week, we, we did... <laughs> and, and just in case we didn't, uh, is it Langella? It's Langella, I think. Langella? I'm pretty confident it's Langella. Should we tell Eligio for it? You're fucking it up already. Yeah, all right. I just, we got to keep our... The one thing Should we tell Eligio for Eligio so, for So I just listened to our episode on that again. And let me tell you, I said it out loud in my car like six <laughs> times after listening <laughs> to that. And it, it still didn't stick. At this, I see it spelled perfectly in my head. Should we tell Eligio for But after that, it's a very special, special episode. Oh, my God. Because two weeks from now, you're going to be joining us where we dive. So you may have noticed a pattern that's beginning here where mm-hmm. we're, we're kind of going into our rhythm. Uh, you start on a film. And then after a film, we talk about pro wrestling yep. and then gaming and then music and then wash, rinse, repeat. So then if next week's a film, two weeks is going to be a pro wrestling episode. But we're going to do something a little different because we're going to cover some key moments <laughs> from the WCW pay-per-view yes. Bash at the Beach yes. and all of its incarnations. But that's not all. Because you're like, why the fuck Bash at the Beach? Besides NWO, what could have possibly happened? My dear, sweet, sweet Peruvian jelly listener, we are going to cover Bash at the Beach while sitting at the beach. At the fucking beach. Because we're going to be going live from Ocean City, Maryland. And by live, I mean directly to tape. (laughs) Live to tape. (laughs) Yes. From Ocean City, Maryland. But that's not only that. But we're probably going to pick more uh, moments that we we personally are going to make fun of. So, in two weeks from now, get yes. ready, because Nothing Good presents Bashing Bash at the Beach at, at the, the beach. beach. It's going to be a hell of a thing. Get yourself a drink, because it's going to be a ride. Oh, oh we're going to have drinks. Because <laughs> we're going to be drunk. Oh, yes. Uh, two best friends on a family vacation, yes. separated from our wives and yes. our families, uh, alone on the beach with cigars and as expensive of a bourbon as I can afford. Hell yeah. Yes. Uh, talking about what what else would you do on a fancy vacation? But WCW. <laughs> about WCW matches. We're going to talk about the fucking Renegade. Is what oh, we're gonna no, talk we're about. not. Oh, yes, man. We, we, we are nerds, but I love it. So. Yes. Well, thank you guys for joining us. Hope mm. you're, everybody's staying safe out there with all the craziness. And we will catch you on the next one. Just want to let you know that you can catch all of our this yes. episode's and past one, uh, ones on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google, wherever podcasts are available. Uh, if you want to check out some any cool sometimes things we can post on Facebook, uh, follow us on Facebook. That's nothing good. Uh, Instagram, nothing good. Uh, and also our YouTube channel to find an event that you don't have Spotify or uh, or access to Google, which I don't know who the fuck you are, or <laughs> Apple. Uh, you can check out some of the stuff, content we post on YouTube. So thank you so much for being being here, Doc. I appreciate uh, it. It's always a pleasure. And I'm glad we're uh, we're doing this and we're kicking some ass on the way. Mm, Peruvian ass. Yeah. Sweet, sweet Peruvian ass. On that note. Yeah. Doc? Yeah. It's been real. All right, man. Take it easy. I'll talk to you later. Later, folks. Peace.